Hey everyone, I wanted to welcome you to Encounter Church. I'm Pastor Craig Rice. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Well, welcome to Encounter. I'm, I'm Craig. I'm the lead pastor here. My wife, Andrew, and I are here to privilege to serve this amazing church. And uh, We just don't pastor a church, we pastor a community. And, uh, and we love our, our city, we love our town, and we want to see God's best for it, and we want to see it prosper. And so we believe that the prospering of our city begins in our church, and it flows outward. Um, and we began this series called Primal, Reframing the Questions We All Have. And as you know, the last couple years have left you probably with more questions than they have answers. Anybody in the house? Um, and so we want to not just... I want, to, I want to help you understand that questions are not wrong. A lot of like religions say questions are wrong. Don't question anything. Uh, just do what we say and do what we do and you'll be all right. I, I don't think that that's Christianity. I think that that's been a, a, a misguided version of Christianity. Jesus always asked questions and Jesus always welcomed those that asked questions. However, what question are you asking is going to determine the spiritual temperature and gauge of your heart. And so we're not telling you don't ask questions. We're just saying, hey, let's reframe the questions that you are asking. Have questions, but reframe it because how you ask the question really dictates your future and where you are going because you're asking a question that you are absolutely searching for an answer. And if we know that Jesus is the answer to all those things, then we must reframe the question in, in including him into the question. That makes sense? Week one, we worked on, am I safe? Last week, we worked on, am I secure? And this week, the thread today has been overwhelming, confirming of where we're going this morning. And I hope that you're leaning in for it. You ready to go? All right, John chapter 15 and verse 9. Uh, this is, if you're reading out of your, your paper Bible, you're going to see that this is in red. This is Jesus speaking in John 15. I ended our message last week in John 15. Ten times he says, remain in me. Remain. And if you remain, then I'll remain. And if my words remain in you, then you have the power to remain. There is a uh, a thread within John 15 of remaining or abiding in him. He's, I'm the vine and you are the branch. Abide in me because besides me you can do nothing. Without me you can do that. And if you ask anything and you're remaining in me, it will be granted. Aren't you thankful for that promise today? And so I'm going to go back to John 15 to begin our talk this morning. It says, I have loved you. Like if it just stopped right there, that would have been enough. He said, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain, everybody say, remain, remain in my love. When you obey my commands, you remain in my love. Oh, wait, there's a condition to this? Yes, but, all right. We'll talk about that later. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. I wonder today if you feel like your joy tank is a little low. The mission and the purpose of the love of God is not for your joy tank to be empty, but for your joy tank to 
overflow. In fact, Jesus' minimum standard for your life was not for it to be full of joy, but for it to be overflowing with joy. Because when it overflows, it's not just for you, it's for everyone else that's around you. All right. Father, we thank you so much for the moments we have shared the Holy Spirit that is in this room, evident today, evident And the thread that you have started, may it continue and may it illuminate, guide, and help today. Holy Spirit, come, refresh, revive, and empower. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, someone say, my mind is open, my heart is ready, I receive it, I believe it, do it, Jesus. Our primal question today stems from the triggers in our life that Uh, have left all of us, every one of us, with the question, am I loved? Am I loved? Every breathing person on planet earth has this primal question, am I loved? Um, And I would say, be bold enough to say that we are living in a generation that has created trends And has created sin to be popular in order for acceptance to be shown as love. In fact, we have so misconstrued this love idea that we tie acceptance and tolerance to love. And if you're not tolerant and you don't accept, then you don't love. Can I tell you, uh, I am not tolerant of my daughter running out in front of a semi. My love would tell her, stay in the stinking yard. <laughs> but that's restrictive, Craig. That's, 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 that's not tolerant of her, her ability to make free choices, to choose whether she wants to run in front of the semi or stay in the yard. Hogwash. Jesus said, what did he say this? When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. And the question that we all have is, is, is am I loved? Because somewhere along the way, we may have felt unloved. We may have felt unloved. It's, it's why we have um, sexual promiscuity rampant, because we're searching for love. But we're searching for love in all the wrong places. And I want to just title this message today, Just What Tina Told Ike, What's Love Got to Do With It? Some of you are too young for that. I just... For us, love equals validation. It's the connection. And I've realized that you'll never get so mature that you don't need love. You'll never outgrow your innate need for love. In fact, a lot of people pursue unhealthy forms of love. uh, And it's out of their fear of not being loved. And their greatest fears are found in, in feeling like they're being dismissed. You ever felt like that? You just, you're, you're in a conversation and then somebody else brings something else up and you're like, does what I was talking about even matter to you? Like, like, just, just dismiss, like, or, or feeling unheard. You speak up and nobody hears and you just feel unheard. 
You, you, you live in this tension of, do my words even matter? Feel unheard. Or, or maybe you, you have, your biggest fear is you're just unseen. You walk into the room and nobody notices you. You walk home in, into your house and nobody notices you. you. You go to your job and you're just another number, another punch on the time clock. If we still have those anymore, I'm showing you my age with Tina and time clocks. All right. It, um, maybe, maybe, maybe your deepest fear is that you are untouched. Studies have shown that love and touch are so intricately tied together. In fact, they did studies, horrible studies, about babies uh, needing touch and those that were not touched and their survival rate within them. The physical touch of one another, it's, it's, why, it's why it's important, spouses, to have a little, a little, a little touch. It's all right to go ahead and put a big smooch on her in the middle of public. Let them look. Like, like I love my wife. I'm going to hold her hand. I'm going to hug her. I'm going to make sure that she knows that I'm with her. In fact, right before I walked on stage today, she just grabbed and squeezed my leg. You know what that meant to me? I'm praying for you. You've got this. I'm in your corner. She didn't have to say a word. But her physical touch of just a simple squeeze of the leg, I know this lady is right here praying and interceding on my behalf today. Physical touch is so important. It's, and maybe that's the deepest fear. We feel untouched. And maybe you grew up in a home that you didn't have hugs. And, and the only touch you received was abusive touch. It was a slap because you were, you were so uh, out of line in, in their mind. Or it was because someone was taking it out on you. I want to reframe this physical touch today through the lens of the master called Jesus. And, and I think that because we have so much need for love and we turn to these unhealthy cycles and patterns of love and we need so much affection and so much adoration, what happens is if we don't have this properly aligned, we create unhealthy love patterns. And I want to talk about three unhealthy love patterns. Number one is, is that we end up having codependent love, which means this, I lose myself in your needs. I don't get to have any needs. I, I lose myself. I'm codependent. I lose myself in your needs. The, the second one is it's an unhealthy love pattern. That's transactional love. I love you to feel wanted. I, I, I tell you I love you. I do good things for you. I, I, I do all these because I want to feel loved. It's transactional. And what happens is if we don't get the reciprocation of that love, then we feel unwanted, unneeded, unheard, unseen, untouched, unloved. It's transactional love. And the third one is wounded love. It's I'll take whatever I can get even if it hurts. I'll do whatever it takes. But, and even if it hurts, I'm going I'm I'm to have that. And, and what happens is we end up having these unhealthy love patterns. There's a book written years ago called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Anybody familiar with, with that book? Um, I have a different version to show you today. 
and it has to deal with tacos. <laughs> because tacos never have let me down. Uh, words of affirmations go like this, your tacos are delicious. Acts of service are like, I made you tacos. Receiving gifts is like, here's a taco. Quality time is let's go out for tacos together. And physical touch is let me hold you like a taco. Brilliant, really. <laughs> but in his book, he, he describes and even gives a test, and my wife and I have done it several times because we have realized that what we needed in the beginning of our marriage is not what we needed 10 years into our marriage. And what we needed 10 years into our marriage isn't what we need 17 years into our marriage. Um, and we'll have to take it again when we hit 20 and 25. Why? Because we realize that over time our needs change. And what worked back then may not work now, and we want to make sure that our love tank is full because this is the woman God gave me, and unfortunately, I'm the guy that he gave her. I don't know. She drew the short straw. Um, but the Bible is filled with the love of God through those five love languages. And I just, I'm going to pull up on the screen. Pull out your cameras or write down in your notes. I just wanted you to take attention to... Uh, five verses that I have pulled out. I, there's all kinds of blogs and, and people throwing stuff out there. Some of it's so cheesy. But I picked five verses that goes along with what today's message is about of these five words or five love languages within the context of Scripture. The first one's words of affirmation that's found in Isaiah 41, 9 through 10. The second one is acts of service, John 3, 16. Come on, for God so loved the world that he gave. Uh, the third one is receiving gifts, Matthew 7, 9 through 11. If you, being sinful, how much more would your Father in heaven give you good gifts? Uh, the fourth one is quality time, John 14, 16 through 17. I'm with you always, even to the ends of the earth. It's, and then the final one is where I want to spend all day today on. And that's physical touch. Do I have anybody in the room that you know that that's your love language? Physical touch is your love language? A few? A few? Have you, has anybody, have you taken the test? That's, ask that question then. Have you taken the test? A few of you. All right. Go take the test with your partner sometime. It's free. It's online. It's just the five love languages. Do that. Figure it out. It's going to change your marriage. Because we often operate. It's going to change your, your, in fact, your entire existence, whether you're married or not. Uh, because we operate oftentimes by giving love the way we need to receive love. And that's not, that's not the way people are structured. And maybe your love tank is empty today because you've been expecting it to come to you a certain way because of that's, that's the way you've given it. And so uh, for physical touch, I am not, physical touch is not one of my top love languages. I am over and above, just like everything else in life, just overachieving, always doing above. I am like off the charts, words of affirmation. Words mean the world to me, and they also tear my world apart very quickly. And I have to learn that. I have to learn that, that you know, that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me. 
that is a lie. Somebody lied to me way back in the day. They lied to me. Words hurt. You know, uh, what's the other one? Rubber, I'm rubber, you're glue. What bounces off me sticks to you. Yeah, that, no, no, it doesn't. It's, it's a lot. But I want to work on the physical touch side of things because spiritually I would say that every single one of us needs a physical touch from God. We need a physical touch from God. Luke 5 and 12, it was this story that has resonated with me that I feel like is going to be the meat for you uh, in, in, in this week and coming weeks. And Jesus is in one of the villages and he meets a man with an advanced case of leprosy. And when the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Lord, he said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said. Be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Leprosy we don't see a lot in, in, uh, in the world much anymore, especially in, in, in first world countries. Uh, but leprosy in the Old Testament was such a serious condition that they were kicked outside of their, uh, their village, their city. They were not allowed. They had their own camps. They were isolated. They were, they were gone uh, in, in, in 2020. They would have had to mask up and stay home. It's the, it, all right. It, <laughs> it, they were put out, and leprosy dealt with the physical appearance of a person. Like they would rot from the... From the outside, their, their appendages would fall off and, and things would begin to consume them on the outside. And leprosy became a label and it became a social status. It became something that when a leper were, was by, people would yell out, unclean. They would, they would literally label them that we can't get near them, we can't touch them. It, it's, this is bad news because if what's on them may get on me if I touch them. What they look like may actually impact me if I get near them. If, if, we, have, if we have any interaction and any touch, it's, it's, it's their level of status and their identity and who they are. If we touch them, then it's going to infect me and leprosy was consuming, it attacked the countenance of the individual. And leprosy always led to abandonment and isolation and even false personas. And every one of us has had some type of issue, some kind of label that has followed us throughout our lives. We've had some form of abandonment that has caused our countenance to shrink a little. We've had some form of unkind word that has caused our shoulders to shrink a little bit. We've had some kind of, uh, of, of trauma that has caused us to become triggered in certain areas and, and, and situations. And maybe it's even something that we have labeled within ourselves that no one else knows. Maybe it's the secret you've been holding on to for years that nobody else knows. And deep down inside of you, it's actually eating your soul like leprosy. So my question to you this morning is, what is consuming you? 
Because leprosy will always cause you to view yourself in a light that God does not view you in. Leprosy is that condition, it's the struggle, it's the insecurity, it's the tendency, it's a sin, it's, an, it's a mindset, it's an offense. And, and because of leprosy, we become lonely. Leprosy always isolates, it always pushes out, it always labels and gets rid of. It was, it was in the Old Testament that they were not allowed to be in and even into the New Testament. They weren't allowed to be a part of the people. They weren't allowed to be a part of the culture. They had to be in their own camps, their own tents, their own area. They had to continually see other people with the same situation as them. It was constantly dealing with, with the hurt and the hurt and the hurt and the hurt. And every morning was another reminder that they were not good enough to be in the city with everybody else because of their condition because of their label because of their leprosy they were not loved like everyone else the physical touch in their life was now completely absent and gone no one could touch them words of affirmation was thrown out the window because now they were labeled unclean acts of service was gone because they were subhuman now Quality time, not a thing with a leper. They were kicked out. Nobody spent time with a leper except other lepers. A leper will go into isolation because they have felt like their primal question, am I loved, has been answered with a resounding no. Because of my mindset and my struggle and my condition and my problem and my past and what people have spoken over me, because of my sin, I am now isolated. And leprosy will come in multiple forms. It's, it, it comes in the form of, of isolation. It comes in the form of avoidance. It may even come into the, the chart of workaholic tendencies. I don't want to be around people. I'm not loved. I'm going to pour myself into, into the job, into the thing. I'm going to, I'm going to, and, and what happens is leprosy always brings loneliness. And if we are ever in a time in our world, in our culture, where people are lonely, this is it. We are more lonely now than we have ever been. People are lonely even when they are sitting at the table with friends. People are lonely even when they're doing activities. People are lonely. I just feel to speak to the spirit of loneliness. Loneliness is man-made and self-inflicted. Loneliness is not something that, 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 that just, oh man, that's just my lot in life. I'm just lonely. No, loneliness is a mindset. Loneliness chooses to be alone. The reason why you don't have friends is because you yourself have not been friendly. Let's go back to the Bible. The reason why people don't want to hang around you is because you are a prickly pear that can't be touched. You've created walls and barriers and blockades and resisted people and then complain about loneliness as if loneliness is some kind of badge of honor. 
And loneliness is not honorable. Loneliness is demonic. From the very beginning of time, God created Adam. And the reason why he created Eve, because God said in the very beginning, it is not good for man to be alone. It's from the beginning of creation till today. It's not good for you to be lonely. And I just want to break loneliness off of you because what happens is we've allowed our leprosy to dictate our loneliness. We feel like we're limited by our labels, and, but it's... I, I told this to the guys at Man Camp, and I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, say this again on Sunday. There is no one in your past, your present, or your future. There is no devil from hell. There is no school teacher. There is no ex there is no boss, there is no coworker that can put internal limitations on you. The only one who can limit you is you. The only one who can make you lonely is you. And we get limited by the label self-inflicted because I don't have to receive every word that's spoken over me. Trust me, I'm getting ready to preach this today. And I, I poured my heart out at man camp in our message. And I got, I, got, I got somebody stupid on Facebook say something dumb about me. And I just left it in the comments. I texted to a couple friends. I'm like, look at this guy. Because words, the, the enemy knows words mess with me. But I am unwilling to allow words that are spoken in hatred and adversity to destroy the loving words of the Father that is spoken over me. And what loneliness does is loneliness eliminates our ability to experience true love. Perfect love. Because it causes us to, to isolate, to stay, to stay wounded, to stay filled with leprosy. And I want to remind somebody, for those of you that feel like you've gone too far, I want you to know that from the heart of God today, you are his child, and without a doubt, you are loved. Romans said it like this, not even in my text today, but Romans said it like this, that there is nothing in heaven and earth, principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness, there's nothing, angels, demons, nothing can separate you from the love of God. The so if that is true, then the only thing that separates me from the love of God is my inability to remain in His love and my ability to say, I am lonely and I'm not loved. Today, we're reframing the questions of am I loved to what can I do because I am loved? Where can I go because I am loved? How far can I go because I am loved? And those internal labels and those limitations and that loneliness does not have to be your legacy. Your leprosy is not your legacy. In fact, would you say that? Would you put your hand over your heart and say, My leprosy is not my legacy. Your leprosy doesn't exclude you from God's touch. Did you see what Jesus did with that man? The man with an advanced case of leprosy. I don't know if he was missing his nose, both his ears, an eye. I don't know what he looked. But advanced means like this is getting towards the end. 
there was a little desperation behind it, wasn't it? And the only one that he knew that could touch and heal lepers was this man named Jesus of Nazareth. The one who had done this before with ten. The one that had done this before with two. And now he's by himself. And if he could do it for them, can he do it for me? But in a different way, in a different way, Jesus heals this leper. Before, he would speak and they would be healed. This time, Jesus realized that in the advanced stages of leprosy, the absence of physical touch needed to be revived. And now this time, this man is like, will you heal me if you are willing? What, it, what kind of language is that? That is a language based in a primal fear of, am I loved? No one else has touched me. And, and, and if it just so happens, if you're willing to heal me, would you do it? That's not, that's not operating in perfect love. And some of us have been crawling around, isolated and lonely because of our leprosy. And we've just been like, God, if you, if you, just, if you want to give me a friend, give me a friend. You know, maybe... But what Jesus says and does was revolutionary. You don't touch a leper. You don't get near a leper. You you don't allow the leper to even get in your proximity. Jesus does not yell out, Watch out, Peter, here comes an unclean one. He doesn't push the, the disciples back and say, Boys, don't get near this one. But he engages with a connection with this guy. And not only does he tell the man, I am willing to heal you, but he reaches out and touches. And with the physical touch of Jesus, the Bible says he was immediately healed. And I just feel so strong in the Holy Spirit this morning that some of you, have been so absent from the touch of God that you have allowed your leprosy to get to an advanced stage. Wound from the past. A hurt from what somebody did and said. An abandonment from a parent. A, a, a loss of love from, from someone you put faith in. It, uh, or, 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 or a wound and an unmet expectation in somebody that you really respected and looked up to. And today, because of that, you have put God in the same category as man. And you have missed out on the Father's touch. And today, what my job is, is to remind you that He is willing and He is able today. Come on, somebody say, He is willing and he is able. It is now your job to say, I just need one more touch from the master today. And in the moment he touches you, I believe in this room, you can be immediately healed. Immediately. I'm... I'm talking, about, I'm talking about the leprosy, the sin condition, being forgiven in a moment. I'm talking about the labels that you've placed on yourself or others have placed on you, being completely broken free. I'm talking about bondage that you've been under generationally, and God can break it in a single touch in a moment. He is willing, and He is able. Come on, someone say, He's willing. He is able. Love cancels the limitations. God is not through with you.
He's not afraid to touch your leprosy. Today's the start of a brand new life with him. Look at, look at what John says, and band, I'm going to have you come. Look at what 1 John says, 1 John 4 and 16 says, We know how much God loves us. And we have put our trust in his love. Man. Some of us, it's not actually a love issue, it's a trust issue. Others have broken our trust, but in this moment, God is not like others. He alone is separate all unto himself. He's not afraid to touch your leprosy. Oh, I know how much God loves people. You know, we learned that song in, in Sunday school, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. We, we, we know that song, but maybe the capacity for God's love is locked up on your inability to trust Him with greater. To trust Him with your heart. To trust Him with your wound. To trust Him with your past. To trust Him with your future. To trust Him with your present. To trust Him with the situation that's causing you angst and anxiety and, and trouble. And, 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 and Maybe, maybe... We need to trust him with our leprosy. It's been weighing you down. The outward man looks really good. But inside, you, it is the advanced stage of leprosy. And today, maybe this is the word for you. Maybe this is the moment that God has brought you to. You're not here by accident, but maybe this is the moment where you're like, I know you're willing and able. But am I willing and able? Am I willing to allow God to touch the places in my life that need healing today? Some of us have lived with the sickness of leprosy for so long it has become our identity and we have the label stamped on us that I can't be around anybody because of this problem. I can't, I can't get into a new relationship because of how I've dealt with past relationships. I, I, can't, I can't give because of, of this person who has, who has wronged me. I can't, I can't serve because of, of this issue. And I, I, can't, I can't get that, that leg up on the job and, and that raise because, because that, that co-worker is, is better. And inside, you are just talking yourself out of things that God has already promised you. Inside, the leprosy is reminding you day in and day out. Oh, God loves, but I don't trust. You're lonely. And you know who I'm talking to today. You know exactly where the Holy Spirit is directing this word to land today. John said, God is love. And all who live in love live in love. God and God lives in them. And we live in God, and as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. That word in the Greek is translated complete or finished. Perfect, complete, finished. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face Him with confidence. 
because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear. Because perfect love, complete, finished love, expels all fear. If we are afraid, it's for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced His perfect love. We love each other because He first loved us. May I be bold enough to say today that if you're lonely, you're afraid, and you don't trust, may I be bold enough to say with the Scripture on my side that maybe you have not experienced the perfect complete, finished love of God. And He wants to give that to you this morning. This has been my mission. Have you seen the thread today? God's doing a work in us this morning. This is not a love that's transactional or wounded. This is, this is not a codependent kind of love. He loves you just because of who you are. And He is unafraid of your leprosy. He is willing and He is able. If you will get yourself to Him, He will touch and heal instantly every place of leprosy. And I am believing today that there are internal miracles that are about to happen in your life. I believe this morning that bondages are going to break off, that bandages are going to be opened and revealed a healed wound. I believe that mindsets are going to crumble and radiant power is going to come into your your sight. I believe today your clouded vision is going to be open to the love of the Father today. I believe that you're going to have more joy, overflowing joy, because you're experiencing the love that is perfect without adversity, without fear, without condemnation, without hatred, without labels. He's not afraid of your leprosy. It's not your legacy. Healing is your legacy. Hope is your legacy. Peace is your legacy. The love of God is your legacy. Come on, will you stand all over this room this morning? Perfect love eliminates insecurity and builds confidence. God's hand is on my life. Come on, would you, would you reach your hand, one hand towards heaven this morning, and would you just declare that over your life? God's hand is on my life. Come on, all over this room, would you say that out loud? I want the enemy to know this. I want, I want your fear to know this. I want your insecurity to know this. I want the leprosy to know this. I want the wound to know this. I want your past to know this. I want every kind of adversity to know this in your life. Come on, with that hand lifted towards heaven, will you say this with me? God's hand is on my life. God's hand is on my life. God's hand is on my life. And if you believe that, would you just put your hands together and thank Him for that truth today. And if God's hand is on my life, if God's hand is on my life, 
then I change my primal question from am I loved to a primal truth that declares I am loved. I'm loved so I will bless the Lord at all times His praise will continue to be in my mouth would you bow your heads with me I want to just lead this prayer over you and prayer partners would you join me while I do this out loud I, I know this isn't normal I, I don't typically do all of this but there's something about making verbal statements that reminds your leprosy of the power of God in your life. Would you say this with me? God, I trust you with my future. I trust you with my family. I trust you with this decision. I trust you with the economy. I trust you with this transition. I need you, God. It's not pretty right now, but I trust you. Because I know that you love me and you want what's best for me. And with your hands stretched out today, will you say this? Here's my life. Here's my heart. It's yours. I am loved by you and God's hand is on my life Holy Spirit move like fresh wind and fresh fire in this place touch of God touch the loneliness break that spirit off hand of God Touch the leprosy, forgive the sin, restore the death to life. Hand of God, work in areas that have been left untouched for years, afraid that if it gets meddled with, everything changes. Today, we restore our trust in you. Hand of God, touch our mind. Renew it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hand of God, heal our heart. Melt the hard places. Break up the hardened ground. Hand of God, restore our worship. Build our faith. Renew our trust. And fill us overflowing joy. And as heads are bowed, eyes are closed, let me lead this way. The gospel is so simple and yet complex. It's the love of God for all of us. And the gospel brings power, the Bible says. Power. Unmatched power. 
the, the gospel will give you power over the situation you're in, but saint of God will also give you power over the problem you're in too. So the gospel is like this. Jesus died for you because he loved you. He was buried just like he wants your sin to be buried. But Jesus didn't stay in the grave. He rose again victorious for all of us because he loves you and wants to restore relationships that have been broken with you. That is true, perfect love. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow Jesus to transform your soul. We pray that you have an amazing week. Thanks again for being a part of the Encounter Church family. God bless you.